Hey, it's football season, and you know what goes great on those cool autumn nights? Pizza, of course, and there's no better place to get Bridgeport-style pizza than Griffin's Pizza House, 1008 Judy Avenue in Bridgeport, right across from the Dog Pound. Give them a call, 618-945-3663. Place your order for dine-in or drive through and Heck, they can even deliver it to you. They're open Tuesday through Sunday from 4 to 9. And they've always got one Friday of the month, usually the first Friday of the month, but in October, it's going to be October 15th. They're open 1, or I'm sorry, 11 to 1 for lunch. So give them a call, the good folks at Griffin's Pizza House, 945-3663. Bridgeport-style pizza. Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. Community. You know, that's what's important to the folks at People's State Bank. A tradition is a way of going about things that develop over time. And since the day that People's first opened the doors of their business, they've served the credit and investment needs of this area. The money that's deposited with them is reinvested locally in the form of loans to area families, agriculture, and business. You know, they've got all these convenient locations. Sumner, St. Francisville, Lawrenceville, and Bridgeport. And quite frankly, I don't know how we would have known the time nor the temperature without that sign in downtown Bridgeport when I was a kid. Go see the folks at People's State Bank while they help serve this community that we know and love. Sumner, St. Francisville, Lawrenceville, and Bridgeport. People's State Bank. Looking for insurance, we hope that you would call the Andrews Insurance Agency at 542 Main Street in Bridgeport. Terry Andrews and Justin Shear are your independent agents and they're your professionals for all of your farm, commercial, and personal insurance needs. And they've been strong supporters of Red Hill Athletics for decades. So if you're brought down by a pack of dogs, get off your seats and on your feet and see T-Bone or Juice and give them a call at 618-945-2881 at the Andrews Insurance Agency. Hey, you want a good home-cooked meal and you are in or around Bridgeport, Illinois? Gray's Restaurant for over 75 years has been serving up fantastic dinners and, and well, let's face it, it's a, it's the meeting spot where most people, when they come back home, like to go. Just stop in and you know you're going to know somebody in there, say hi and reminisce and talk about things just like people have been doing for over 75 years. The best cheeseburgers in the world, hand-cut steaks, breaded tenderloins, and those famous catfish dinners are what people flock to from everywhere to see. Give them a call if you want to pick it up, 618-945-9501. Or go see them at their 955 East State Street location and never know who you're going to run into. Have a drink, have fun. Back home in Bridgeport, Illinois, and that is Gray's Restaurant. So do yourself a favor. Let the Gray family cook for your family Today. I love hearing that music. 
Welcome to the Old School Red Hill Podcast. Thank you for joining Mr. Chip Jamerson tonight. Thank you very much, Brian. Good to be back. It's been three weeks. Good to see you guys. Well, most of you, it seems like somebody's missing out there, but yeah, go ahead. I think we are missing uh, <laughs> Blue White Hall of Famer David King, who is, of course, busy in the in the fields this time of year, and I uh, think we, we may get an update from him. I may see what's going on, Mr. King, but we do have... Old number nine, Mr. Gary Emmons. And defending Jeopardy champion, by the way. But how's everybody That's doing right. this evening? Doing great. Doing great. I'd like to be known as that for he, a while. He had to he had to throw that in there. I, I took my defeat graciously, I think. Um I feel like I got cheated quite a bit as I listened back, but we're we'll talk about that later. Um and uh, but no, I, you got jumped out to a big lead. I was in trouble. I did claw my way back and had a, a slight chance, but you you definitely played well. That was a lot of fun, Chip. I've got tons of comments on how awesome that was. Yeah, we, it was it was great. Hopefully, it's a recurring series on our podcast. We'll do do that again, maybe every every couple three months or so. And that yeah, was um, fun. Well, let's... And I think David King kind of gets. I think David ended with a really poor score. But he was having a great game. It was yeah, the daily really was. double that killed him. In history, it looks like he had a bad game, but he was really answering. If you go back and listen, he was answering a lot of questions, right? Yeah. yeah and, he was and, there. He was right there. And questions that I didn't think he would get when he rang, rang in. So Yes. Um, but I, I, I apologize to the class of 87. I let you down, especially our class president, Kerry Hill, who put all his faith in me, and uh, I let him down. Hey, speaking of David King, let's see if we can catch him. He had some. All right, yeah, let's he get had that a, He had early. a farm mal- malfunction, and he's on his way, we think, to uh, Norris City, possibly to um no way he's answering this phone call (laughs) he he knows what time we were recording so i have my music all ready to go and everything yeah this is david uh sorry i missed your call leave your name and number and i'll get back with you at the tone please record your message when you finish recording you may hang up or press one for more options how are we supposed to do a farm report if you won't answer the phone Sorry, Dave. We tried. Anyway, so, hey, Chip, what are we doing tonight? We are doing homecoming. We did this last fall, about the same week last fall. It, it's it's homecoming week at Red Hill in actual 2021. It's homecoming week, so this is a perfect week to do this. And we covered 83 to 92 when we did this last year. And this year we're going to cover from 78 to 82, so the five years preceding the years that we did before we'll eventually get to all of at least the uh, 70s 80s and 90s years but um yeah 78 to 83 so we'll go through five years you know homecoming was such a fun time there and and we in as we looked back at those other years it was just it was great but it, it, i don't know has, has parades of are parades something of going the way of phone books and newspapers or are parades becoming kind of passe at this point or no they're definitely not what they were in 1978. I mean, yeah. they are not the, to, in my opinion, they are not as big a deal. I mean, they were a huge, I mean, I, I can't, they're doing their parade on Friday now because they play a Saturday game. Yeah. I can't imagine that parade's going to have the excitement or the number of entrants that um, the parades had 40 years ago. And and I think I'll back, be honest, I, I haven't been to one since 2005, so I wouldn't have any idea what it's like. Oh, I haven't been to one since I think um, 90. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure you, you've I mean, got me beat. I, I couldn't tell you when the last time. Yeah, maybe I was there when Gary was in high school, possibly you're probably your senior year. But Oh, yeah, there's some, you have some great v, uh, VCR footage of uh, our oh, homecoming that's right. grade. Well, and, you know, I, you think about, I mean, there were big crowds. on Like that corner there by where our grandma lived at, on Church Street there, I mean, there were big crowds on those corners and then all the way lining what? Judy Avenue going through downtown. Yeah, you had to get your your uh, um, folding chairs out early. You know, prime spot in front of Jackson Jane's uh, prime spot to sit. Um, I sat. I had various spots. I don't know if I ever had one exact spot. I was kind of all over throughout the years. Yeah, yeah that 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 corner down there that was a big spot down there by Jane's and and Jack's Barbershop and and big crowds. It was a good time. It was good crisp fall evening. It was the perfect time for it. So. Um, very good stuff, and, and just so as we let off the show, but just to remind you, these broadcasts are brought to you by People's State Bank with those four locations, Sumner, St. Francisville, Lawrenceville, and Bridgeport, Andrews Insurance Agency, your independent insurance agents, call T-Bone Juice. Let the Gray family cook for your family today. Look for their Facebook specials and and uh, lunch specials, dinner specials, and all that good stuff at the, the folks from Gray's where we always eat when we go back to Bridgeport, and Tyler Griffin's Pizza House right there across from the dog pound. Give them a call, delivery, pickup, dine-in. Chip Jamerson, I believe that you have 1978. Let's get going. Yes, I'll lead us off here. And as we kind of talked about, I we all do it. I love homecoming. I love homecoming week. I love the 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 temperatures of, you know, the, the that slight chill in the air. Um, not getting that this week, at least after, I'm in central Illinois, so I assume it's warmer in southern Illinois. But, um, but seems like there were always uh, cool evenings back then as we we're going to start with the parade. So this we are as most as many of our homecomings are this first week in October is when homecoming took place in 1978. And of course, the parade kind of kicks things off for the community. The school's doing things all week long and the parade Thursday night is where the community first gets involved. So with that, let's go over the, the theme of the floats. And the float theme was movies in 1978. Okay. And we're, we're going to go through how each class placed. So the fourth place class was the class of 81. The, and they were sophomores this year. Oh, wow. That's got to be a, a bit of an upset. Yeah, so this is your your Doug Shank class as a as a sophomore, and their float in fourth place was "Victory Is Wonderful Tonight." Now I don't know what movie that came from, so that may have affected their low scoring by the judges because I don't know if it's quite a movie theme. I guess "Victory" you could associate it with several movies, one that I'm going to talk about here in a moment. But uh, yeah, so the sophomores come in in fourth place. In third place. The class of 79, so our seniors in 1978, Good job. with Friday Night Fever. Okay. I, I think, think we know what movie that comes from. I think we know all about that. <laughs> I'll let the listeners just talk about that amongst themselves. Uh, the second place float was the class of 80. So our junior class finished second. This is your Terry McAdow, I'm sure, is down there with the little pieces of paper on the chicken wire, uh, filling that along with Joe Kurtz. I'm sure there, and Susan Wright, I'm sure was heavily involved in this float. And it was knock him out, leave him a lion 
from and I'm assuming it looked like it was a boxing ring. So I'm assuming we're going with Rocky or Rocky Two for for this theme. Yep. The um, now it was knocking out. We were playing the Edwards County Lions this week, so leave them a lion. I see what they did there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, now this first place float was one of the most impressive floats I've ever seen, rivaling Red, White, and Blue Thunder by the class of '88 and <laughs> back in the '87 homecoming. This is from the freshman class. So they came in strong. So this is your this is your Berkeley and Chuck class. This is Jody Moan. One of our favorite uh, classes. Yes. And it was Jaws. And so the the actual theme of it was not as exciting. So it's um, caught in the Jaws, I guess, was the exact wording on it. But this float was the only one I've ever seen that was not done like on a trailer. Or a back of it. I guess we had a back of a truck one year with the class of '91. Worst float um, ever. Yes, and Kelly Tidwell's truck. But this was actually a walking float. This was, um, yes, <laughs> this was members of the class of '82 underneath. So you could see like their feet walking, but they had oh, like wow. a huge shark above them <laughs> as they kind of walk. You could only see the you know their bottom of their legs and their feet walking through <laughs> with this massive shark walking down Judy and Chestnut and Church and so forth. It's like Mace, so, it's like the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade. <laughs> yes. So that's yes, very similar to that. So uh congratulations to that class of 82 on their um Edwards County's caught in the jaws float. I like it. So so that's usually thir- Thursday night at homecoming was that and then a pep rally and the bonfire to follow, of course. And let's go through our candidates or we won't announce our winner until the dance on Friday night. Late, but our late quick- Friday night. Yes, late Friday night. But one thing I'm sure of, even before we, we go over this, as that that Thursday night as as people are are leaving the parade or heading to the bonfire one song that I'm sure was blasting out of many car stereos that evening was the the number 3 song in the land that week Nick Gilders Hot Child in the City tell you what my memory of this song is i'm in kindergarten this year but the next year when i'm in first grade mrs roberts the music teacher would play this record in class for us i mean how cool is that that mrs roberts is playing hot child in the city for us that's awesome my first memory of this song or my what i think of first is with nick gilder was on american bandstand of course, completely lip singing. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know where she came from. This has to be Nick's only hit, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, his only major hit that I know of. So, so let's get into those um, hot childs from the city right now, and let's see who our candidates for Queen are this year. So, first of all, we it's going to be a t- a 10:15 coronation tomorrow night, and first of all, we have Dana Cessna. Dana, the daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Everett Cessna from from 312 Christie Avenue in Sumner. So actually put the whole address. on. <laughs> yes, we have the whole address. So if anybody wants to find these like classic houses of where the queen candidates were, put this uh, podcast on your radio, drive around Lawrence County. I think, uh, see where, it's like a I think Dana's going to miss homecoming this weekend. 
Yeah, I heard about that. What, what's going on with the with the? the I think, your daughter, I think daughter Emily's getting married, so the uh, Andrews family will be out of town. Congratulations. Yeah, so, so, of course, Dana Cessna is Dana Andrews now and a member of some of those great early Red Hill basketball teams. But Dana's up for Queen this year. She's going to be escorted by Brad Zellers. So, they are, of course, they're, the Queen candidates are elected by the football team and then they're escorted by member, senior members of the football team. So, our next candidate, hailing from 378 Gray Street in Bridgeport, uh, the daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Larry Brummett is Mickey Brummett. So Mickey's going to be escorted by Jay Murphy. Um, outstanding. Spend some time in that house. Yeah, when I think of the Brummets, I think of you guys. Like I, I always heard the Brummets, but I never do. But you guys like know the Brummets well. It seemed like. I got like, your babysitter. Like okay. Oh yeah. I was going to say when I. I I could not have been more in love with Tana Brummett as a as a child. <laughs> we may hear more from Tana later in the episode. Just uh, letting you know on that. Um, so our third candidate is Donna Strange. She's from Route 2 Lawrenceville, uh, the daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Donald Strange. And she's going to be escorted by Kevin Cubby Wagner, star football player. Donald named his daughter after him. That was good. Yes, I like that. Donald, <laughs> Donna. And I believe she might be this. I, I might get these families mixed up. I think she might be the sister of an, an answer on the Jeopardy episode state qualifier jim strange who qualified at 112 oh. a few years later so yes. i believe they might be brother and sister and next is wendy hill she's the daughter of bill hill and carol hill of route to lawrenceville and she'll be escorted by tim pank sounds and then like her fi- sounds like you're describing a nature setting when you say that name yes <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And then Thank, our last candidate coming, will be. Thanks for coming through with that laugh there. I thought that was going to have to edit that long silence out. <laughs> no, I was just looking ahead at my next candidate. So I did. It took me a little while to process that one. <laughs> our next candidate is Barb Cunningham, uh, the sister of Mrs. Betty Cunningham. I believe this is Butch's sister. And um, she is going to be escorted by Carl Price. And I did not write down their address. Sorry about oh, that. Um, oh, man. It's good to see Carl Price and Kevin Cubby Wagner highly involved in this homecoming. They were two phenomenal junior league football coaches just five years later. So five years later, they're going to be, uh, they seemed like they were in their 30s at the time. <laughs> yes, they did. Um, so, yeah, that, I was coached by both of those guys a few years later. So, and then our crown bearer this year is a great friend of mine, Brian Fuller. His dad, Mr. Fuller, Owen Fuller, Brian. was a teacher at the high school. And our flower girl is Robin Andrews. Oh, so okay. a couple big names as our uh, crown bear and flower girl this year. Uh, Brian went here through third grade and then they moved up to Metamora. I still stay in contact with him today. He used to work at Lowe's and set me up with a great deal on a, I mean, I hadn't talked to him since he moved in 82 and in person, I talked to him online a little bit and I was looking for a dryer back in washer dryer back in 2008. He set me up with a great deal at Lowe's. Oh, he, worked wow. another, he worked at another Lowe's somewhere else. So he made some phone calls. And uh, so thanks to Brian for that. So you um, don't, yeah. so you didn't really talk to Brian much till you needed something from him. And then, <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> so um, yeah, the Fuller's lit and they, and I can tell you his address at, not the exact, but Adam street, they grew up next door to me. Well, there was a field and an oil well thing in, in between us, but uh, oh, I so Brian was my, yeah. I forgot about yeah, Brian was my next door neighbor for a while until they moved down to, to Judy Avenue. Um, 
So, and so let's move on with, so now we let's get to the football game. So Red Hill is coming into this game with a one and three record, came off a big defeat to Carmi the week before. I've got a lot of memories from that Carmi game. It's my first Red Hill sporting event I really remember. We'll get to that in the 78-79 episode. Uh, so Red Hills one and three, they're facing the Edwards County Lions, a non-conference opponent, also one and three. Edwards County, a common homecoming opponent. I remember in our last episode, Edwards County was mentioned several times as as an opponent. I know they're going to be mentioned at least more than once tonight. Yeah. So um, a, a pretty good class. So one and three, better than I think the record. You know it gets starts off tough. I'm, uh, I believe they beat Fairfield, but then they've lost to Salem and Mount Carmel and Carmi. So obviously a tough start to the season. And now we have Edwards County, which we're looking at as a game we should win. And we did win this game. Yes. Red Hill wins the football game, forty-six nice. to six. And I'm sure oh, wow. one of the things that inspired. I'm sure one. You know, when you're thinking about music that was popular at that time, um, it, it is. It's a. We all know that we've been through. It's a rough start to the season. Yep. I'm sure Coach Huff was talking about. You know, those games are over. They're behind us. And I'm sure you're saying, "Don't look back." And because at that time, that was the number four song in the land that week by Boston. Don't look back. So let's listen to a little bit of that. An incredible song from an incredible album. There's not a clunker on that entire album. Is Until you sit down and listen to Boston songs, is Boston a little underrated? Like, if you just say the band Boston. I, I think in some ways they are. I think because they, they really didn't put out a lot of the albums. They put out these two albums in the 70s and then came back with another one in 86, of course, with Amanda on it. And that I, those are like their main. So they didn't like, and, you know, reading up on them and things through the years, they never really wanted hits. Like, I mean, I know a lot of bands say that. Of course, you you yeah. like the hits when the checks start coming in. But um, <laughs> Yes, I do. Uh, so that they weren't setting up, so they never really set out. I know one thing they didn't like, I guess on one album or on the back of this album cover, of course the front of the album just shows like a spaceship or something. We've all seen that album cover, but like they didn't even really want their pictures out there. They didn't really, they want to be known for their music. But yeah, they're really, it, it's an impressive band. And I, just thinking about them today, it'd they, be a good Brian Owen, a Brian Owen Friends topic sometime. I'd love to talk about the band Boston. Let's do it, book it. Yeah, yeah, we we we're due to record another. I think it was April was the last time we recorded, so it's been a while on that. They're, on that they're coming out regularly. <laughs> yes. All right, but anytime I have a good music topic, that's always uh, uh would, would work for a Brian Owen Friends show. So uh, just a few stats from the game. I'm sure when we do the 78-79 school year, we'll go into this game more in depth. So let me just go over a few things from this game. It was a 46 to six victory, so big win for the Salukis. Um, Brad Zellers, we mentioned earlier, a lot of these names we mentioned earlier, he scored uh, three touchdowns that night. Uh, Jay Murphy scored a touchdown. Ray Price, sophomore quarterback, um, had a uh, one-yard one yard touchdown run. And then Tim Pank um, caught an 18-yard pass play from, from Price. And then, of course, and some extra points there. The paper gave credit to Zellers, had a pair of two-point conversions. Murphy had a pair of two-point conversions, and sophomore Doug Shank had a two-point conversion. So we we're excellent on the conversions that night. Yeah. I assume we hit every one of them from what it's uh, sounding like there. So big win for the Salukis. Um, 
Jay Murphy led us in rushing with 123 yards. Zellers went for 120, and then Price was five for 12 passing. And then just a quote from Coach Huff. We played well. The kids were able to build confidence. The confidence they lost against Carmine, and they did their basics very well. So I'm sure practice that was just back to the basics, tackling and blocking, and they did those things well, and a huge, huge win for Red Hill. So Red Hill goes to two and three on the season. And so that – so. You may think, if you're not familiar with Red Hill Homecomings, that, you know, a lot of schools play the Friday night game, the Saturday night dance. We're going to go right into the dance here, as we often joke. It's a very short dance because these were 7.30 kickoffs back then. So not only was the dance late, the gate now they all start at 7 o'clock. The game started 30 minutes. They don't get between 9.30 and 10 now. Let me ask ask you something. Did the dance start before, like, was – Okay, say the football players and everybody are in the locker room getting dressed, getting changed, the cheerleaders changing, you know, blah, blah, blah. Are, are the other kids dancing at that point? Did we yes. Have, okay. All right. I believe, I, yeah, it seems like I'm, I'm remembering that. I think, and I think as soon as the DJ was, like, on the clock, like, if they said be here at 9 o'clock, I think he started spinning tunes. Now, there weren't very many kids in there, but if a kid wanted to come in and start dancing. You, it was possible. That, it was kind of, an, you know, maybe some, like, you know, he wasn't playing his biggest hits yet, but right. had a little music going. And, always, um, always a comfortable feeling to dance by yourself on a <laughs> on an empty dance floor to to subpar music. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna go right into the dance. We're not wasting any time. So Red Hill wraps everything up on Friday night, and they don't have to worry about any of this Saturday business like they do now. Now they do a lot on Saturday. Um, so. I think that really all it comes down to is we got to go through the. Um, well, a couple. I will tell you the we actually had a live band that year. So I mentioned a DJ being on the clock. We actually had a live band. The band Bogart came all the way up from from Mount Carmel. Oh wow! To to play the play the dance. Now the theme is an Eric Clapton classic, and I don't know if Bogart knew this song, but I'm sure they had some way of piping the actual Clapton version in uh, that night. So yeah, the theme is "Wonderful Tonight" from Eric Clapton. re-release this in the 80s it seems it may, maybe it's that sounds familiar that you say that i know he re-released layla like in 92 or 9 knows why i was at eiu like 92 or 93 because so i was shocked to see that it was that old i i, I think he yeah did. I, I i'm almost positive it got yeah i was figuring it was like early 80s kind of before i saw that it was the theme unless they were just red hill was way ahead of like they had got the um bootleg um what do you call that there i can't think of the name of it those um early recordings that are just on mic on tapes but yeah i'm sure people are correcting us right now i can't think of the name of it like the demo the demo yes thank you brian so yes i may may have got the demo but no it sounds like this song was was had been popular at that time great song for for a dance and i believe i think i've gone over everything so i think it's time to announce the winner. Okay. And the winner. Drum roll. Your 1978 homecoming queen is Ms. Donna Strange. Hey, congratulations. Donna, Donna is escorted by Kevin Wagner. And an interesting picture in the yearbook. Um, it will lead me to my last song here, which was the number one song in the land at this point, my next song. 
um, I don't know if that, I don't know the situations or anything. Like I said, I was only in kindergarten, but I don't know if, if Cubby and Donna were dating at the time. They very well could have been because when Donna won the queen, there's a great picture in the yearbook of Cubby just planting a big old kiss, not a lot, a little peck on the, on the cheek, right on the lips. Okay. So, um, so yeah. And the number one song that week was from exile kiss you all over. And he did. <laughs> well, well, we don't know that. He kissed her on the lips. Yeah. I'd never seen that before at the dance, so. <laughs> yeah, going to have a long build-up to this song by Exile. What's your favorite Exile song, Gary? I I don't know. Got to be this. <laughs> Is this it? I think. I'm still trying to figure out. So Wonderful Tonight did chart in Belgium and the Netherlands in 1988. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to see. I guess it's always been part of the fabric of, of popular culture through the years, so. Oh, yeah. Here's my memory of this song. And I think this is true. I know the part that they, they were playing at the Coles County Fairgrounds when I was up at EIU. <laughs> Exile and, um, was? Yeah. And uh, wow. <laughs> they, um, I didn't go to the show. It was when Brian was living near the Coles County Fairgrounds, actually, because that's what leads me to this story. Um, I was driving to where Brian and Bob Bowser were living and drove drove around the fairgrounds just to kind of take in the vibe of the concert. And I think I heard him playing this song. Now, I, that might be like, <laughs> I might be wanting that to be the song they were yeah. playing, and that might not be exactly true. They, played it. But they I, probably played it four times that night. <laughs> but I'm thinking to myself, when I drove by the fairgrounds, and I actually heard their biggest hit playing. But yeah, they were deaf. Now, I'm sure the band had changed a little bit over the, really hadn't been that, you know, 15 years doesn't seem very long anymore in between um, um, when they were on the top of the charts and, and that uh, performance in Charleston. But um so yeah, Exile, the number one song, and I believe that wraps up the 1978 Homecoming. Awesome. I was just going to look up Exile here. Uh, they had a lot of I see, lot It'll of be albums. in 1986. Did they do Fishing in the Dark? No, that was Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. I always, I always get those two mixed up. Always have. Now, they are from Richmond, Kentucky, though, which... And they're past members. Look at this list. You guys can see it on the screen. Look at this. You can't see it, but there's probably 40, at least 40 past members of the band Exile. So I know they had a lot in the country charts. People like, what were some of their, can you name off some of their other bigger hits that I'm just blanking on right here? Let's see. Kiss you all over. Kiss you all over. Um, transition into country music. Trying to find uh, some of their songs were covered. High cost of leaving. The clo the closer you get. Oh, the oh. closer you get. Yeah, we know that song. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. If it says the same, I mean, I know that song. We're all thinking of. It's, yeah. If it's the same song. Uh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. That's. I'm sure our listeners are, <laughs> are done with exile. Yeah. Well, I get, we need to move on to this 1979 <laughs> homecoming. I think. 79 homecoming. Let me turn down exile. Oh yeah, we're, we're thinking of the Alabama song as the yes, closer you get. Exactly. We're thinking of, but, yeah, that's but not, yeah, maybe we'll after this. It could be a remake of their of the other song. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, 1979. Jimmy Carter's your president. He's doing the best he can. Um, and uh, we're gonna get ready for homecoming a little bit uh, earlier 
this year. It was at the end of September, so it actually had a September um, date on it. And the number one song in the land is one that you guys are very familiar with, with a great opening riff. Oh, yeah. That's the name. Guarantee this was by this dance. Guarantee it. This got everybody on dancing for sure. No question, the Knacks, my Sharona. And you know, you can just see like doing that sidestep and doing your hands, you know? Uh, that was number one in the nation. Um, Robert John going to slow it down a little bit. Number two in the United States on the Billboard Hot 100. This is Robert John with Sad Eyes. Looks like it's over. Ah, shoot. Came in too early. Anyway, that was number two song in the nation. I uh, looked up a few other things. It was a couple interesting things. You know, I like to see what movies are playing that week of Homecoming. And uh, at the Plaza Cinema was Beyond the Pos- uh, Poseidon Adventure. So obviously a remake of okay. Poseidon Adventure. I can't. I didn't look up stats on that. I can't imagine that did good. And something called Golden Girl. But the interesting movie news of this week, and we've kind of hinted at this before, the new moon there on Main Street, which is now uh, old Chicago. We, we, yes. We, <laughs> this podcast has a fun history with the new moon theater. Two rated X movies playing this <laughs> this week at the new moon. Shows at 7 and 9. The 7 o'clock show was called Pretty Peaches. Rated X, a young runaway girl who meets Dang. with an accident and suffers from amnesia. The story revolves around her journey to recover her memories and everyone who tries to help her. I'm not sure how they tried to help her, but uh, they did. The other movie, now here's a, this was the 9 o'clock show at the New Moon um, on September 20, the week of September 27, 1979. It's called Long Jean Silver. <laughs> Jeannie Silver, yeah. Jeannie Silver. Now listen to this. Jeannie Silver is a lovely and charming amputee with a malformed left leg appendage, which resembles a giant penis. Silver embarks on an unusual erotic odyssey in which she uses said phallic appendage to please both men and women alike. Moreover, Silver also provides candid glimpses into her sunny and resilient personality as someone living with a peculiar physical affliction. So that's playing at the new moon this that's weekend. That's playing at the new moon, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Um, and probably who did not uh, go on dates there was uh, this, as it said in the uh, in the Vincent Sun commercial, the ladies in waiting. Uh, it says, although the winners will not be crowned, of course, Friday night, all five of these girls are smiling in hopeful anticipation and reigning over the homecoming festivities at Red Hill. And those... I don't have full addresses, so I do apologize. <laughs> <laughs> says, after the game, a dance will begin approximately 9.30. That ain't happening. Right, 7.30 kickoff. Yeah. <laughs> with a coordination at 10.30. So everybody take a nap that day so you can stay up. But the, it says the five lovelies are, from left to right, Terry Laughlin, daughter of Mrs. Dorothy Hicks of Sumner, and Keith Laughlin okay. of Bridgeport. Cheryl Paul daughter of Mrs. Carol Ferguson, Xenia, Lori Latch, daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Joe Latch, Route 1 Sumner, 
Anita Shoulders, daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Gene Crump of 940. Oh, do have a full address here. 940 Judy <laughs> Avenue. That's exciting. 940 Judy Avenue. Where would that be? That'd probably be down there. I don't know. I have to think about Is that, that the house the Fullers moved into? That's when they thought, maybe, the Crumps, maybe the Crumps were upset about the voting and got the heck out of town. <laughs> And uh, Susan England, daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Jim England of Route One Bridgeport. I don't know a lot of these. Yeah, I, I I didn't I didn't either. And and it was interesting because this is probably seventy nine. This is probably a year before I really really um, discovered the ladies. <laughs> I probably knew the football players and the the basketball players, but that. Uh, but as far as the, oh. the homecoming game, I really have very, very little information on the theme. I couldn't find much on the theme, the parade, and all that. Um, I did find out some stuff on the football game. And this was a great article in the Daily Record. Do you remember the writer named Hal T. Ward? Oh, yeah. I've read some articles from him over yeah. the years. So I, re- I was reading this, this article. It says, Real dog fight, obviously playing Carmi, and it oh, reads here. it reads like an old timey newspaper guy. Um, <laughs> Red Hill, Red Hill is a better football team than what they've shown so far this season. They have the ability to play football, see, and they do for half the game. <laughs> then they peter out. This, this is I'm adding some C's in there for effect, but this is his exact words. They have the ability to play football, see, and they do for half the game. Then they peter out, and this is what the opposition waits for. Then Bluey, they blow them out. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever, ever read Bluey in an article before. Uh, talks about Coach Huff just doesn't have the numbers this fall. What he does have is a handful of gutty players who can knock your block off, and they do, but they get tired, and they get their own medicine. <laughs> Quarterback Ray Price is a better passer than the records show. His receivers must get – oh, I missed this one. His receivers must get cracking if they're to move the ball down the field. See, this is where Carmine can be very dangerous. Uh, that talks about the Carmine players. Uh, with this – I'm just going to read this old-timey. I don't know if it is or not. With this being the second home game of the season under the new $35,000 field lights, Red Hill fans should get Ooh. out and support the Saluki team. They need to – so they need some fan support if they're going to stop the Carmi Express. <laughs> Kickoff is at 7.30 Friday, and then he ends his article with be there. Well, for those who went, it didn't, <laughs> it didn't go well. Uh, Carmi got us 46-8, to eight, not a whole lot of offense. Uh, Carmi just kind of ran over us the way it appears. Um, and they they were winless coming into the game, and, and they stayed. Oh, wow. Yeah, they stayed winless. Uh, did score a touchdown. Oh, we were winless, not Carmine. No, okay. no, no, no. The Salukis were winless. Um, uh, Kid was what was his first name. Dietz was his last name. Um, just really, really ran over them. They had uh, 267 yards of rushing compared to Red Hill's 61. So uh, 18 to 7 in first down. So. Not real good for the for the Slukies. Junior quarterback Ray Price threw a completion to junior Doug Shank for a 59-yard touchdown with 10-15 left, and that's how the Slukies got on the board. And again, from last year, got the uh, got the conversion. So the the short game of Bill Huff was working working well. Red Hill homecoming royalty. So we we get to the get to the dance finally in the wee hours of the morning, and. Uh, the winner, I think we have we covered this school year yet? No, I know we did seventy nine. 
did we do this? Yeah, so we yeah. would have covered this year, yes. So yeah, I, we... I know I reported on new bites at the football field. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so Miss Lori Latch is your homecoming queen. She was crowned on that Friday night. She's the daughter, of course, of Mr. and Mrs. Joe Latch. And as it shows the picture shown here, surrounded by her court, which includes sitting directly in front of the newly crowned queen, is young Gary Emmons. Yes. Wow. As the crown bearer along with Kelly right. along with Kelly Wagner. And I think I'm do pretty you remember, sure. Do you remember that night at all? Or I remember seeing that picture. I, okay. I've seen the picture in the newspaper because I think I'm pretty sure I was pissed that I didn't want to be there. <laughs> and of course Kevin Cubby Wagner makes his return to help crown the, the new royalty, Larry Loudermill, Gene Carnes, Brian Davis. Um, some of the escorts, Mike Smith, Jim Strange, were on hand to. Uh, yes, Jim Strange. To try and, and do that. Let me see if I got any other songs from that era. Phone froze. Let me go back to it here. While we're unfreezing my phone, remember Andrews Insurance Agency, People's State Bank, Gray's Restaurant, and of course, Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. And the number one song on the R&B charts. A young man named Michael Jackson. This is one of my favorites. That's a great tune right there. Also, that was number four on the Billboard Hot 100. Yeah, I think that has to be. I'm assuming that that was played that night too. I think it probably followed my Sharona to get the kids yeah. up. I mean, you're not following the knack with Robert John and Sad Eyes. I mean, you're, you're, you get them out on the floor. So. This ha- this has happened a couple of times on this podcast. We will mention because somehow they charted. We will mention a Herb Alpert song, and I always think that I don't know that song, and then I play it, and I do. This is called Rise, number three song in America. I'll skip ahead a little bit. Sounds familiar. Did Herb Alpert get a play at the dance? I wonder. He's in that 930 music that's being <laughs> that was being played for the for the kids that showed up early when they were yeah. interested in the 46 to 6 loss. Left at halftime and yeah. <laughs> just praying that Herb Alpert the stylings of Herb Alpert get played. So that's pretty much all I got on 1979. Let's move on to 1980, and let's just keep the hits on coming because this is the number one song in the country. I think it finished number two or number three for the year, if I remember right. And this is the year that I am getting really, really into my Sunday night listening addiction. Dick Clark's American Music Survey. Playing Nerf basketball back in our back bedroom. That was number one song in the country. Number two, I guarantee you this got played. Oh, yeah. Lights went down. Mm hmm. All the king and queen possibilities. Ask all the. Little peons out in the crowd to dance with them. I'm lying alone with my head on the phone, thinking of you till it hurts. That's air supply. I know you 
number two saw in the country. I think when we covered this year, we talked about Upside Down, Diana Ross. That was number three. Give Me the Night, George Benson. And the number five song that, again, I'm almost going to guarantee you got played because, I mean, this was a big song. Mr. Eddie Rabbit. He had a lot of crossover hits in the early 80s. He had a short, I got to think his, I don't know how long longevity that he had on the charts, but when he was on there, he, he had a lot of rapid hits. Yeah, he always, he had a lot of country hits for a long time. But yeah, his pop, yeah, he had that like two-year window where he had a lot of hits on the pop charts. Eddie Rabbit still with us or has he gone to the... He passed away. Driving, he passed. Driving my life away in the sky. Well, thank you, Eddie, for that. Number one, or not the number one, but the movies over at the Plaza Cinema, the Olivia Newton-John classic Xanadu. Uh, also trivia, that is he, Gene Kelly was a co-star in that, and it was Gene Kelly's last movie. Okay. Um, Olivia Newton-John, I thought this was interesting and probably not a great sign for the movie. Olivia Newton-John is quoted saying the script was being written while they filmed. So maybe not a great, uh, great <laughs> sign. The budget uh, budget was twenty million. It did one point eight million dollars on opening weekend. So I got to think that they were worried, but it did end up making twenty two million. Okay, uh, and I'm All guessing right. that was when VCRs were really starting to click. Mm-hmm. And and I got to think that the uh, there probably wasn't a lot to rent, so that got right. rented a lot, and that helped that. Uh, the other yeah. movie, just the opposite, just did a massive box office, and. Uh, I'm not sure why, but Brooke Shields and uh, what was it at Atkins, Christopher Atkins. Oh yeah, blonde headed kid in the oh. Blue Lagoon. Yeah, four point five million dollar budget, and it made worldwide fifty nine million dollars. I wonder why. If you know anything about that movie, I have a feeling that uh, Brooke Shields had something to do with that at a very very tender age. Um, homecoming activities. It will, of course, include the parade, the pep rally, football game, and coronation dance. And uh, same times as last time. Homecoming will take place on October second and third. So the parade's on the on the second. The theme. Brian's will, birthday. Yep. Thank you. The theme will be that's incredible. Now I didn't look this up. That probably when the show was out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's incredible. The parade route will be south on Judy Avenue and Main Street, east on Chestnut, then north on Church, returning to the high school, the familiar route. Uh, of course, the pep rally will follow that, and then we're going to play those dastardly Edwards County Lions again. Always a good Should get a W. Always a good one. The Queen candidates nominated by the football players are, and I forgot about that, that it was nominated by the football players. Was that I had two until I saw that in yeah. one of the articles. I and I think we did that too. I I'm pretty. I remember yeah, being I, with the football players in the study hall, like doing our nominations. Yeah, I think like we, we did. Chart could, we filled out. I completely forgot about that. Uh, and I thought it was interesting. They said that the football players nominated them on September 16th. They felt important to give that date. So I'm not sure yeah. if there was something. Plenty of something, notice. Three weeks notice could have changed. Or, but your candidates are Miss Carrie Ann Dillard. Daughter okay. of Mr. and Mrs. Roy Dillard of 518 Church Street in Bridgeport. Miss Julie Griffin. Daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Ray Griffin, Route 1 Sumner. Miss Jana Legg. Daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Larry Legg, Route 1 Sumner. Miss Tina Legg. Daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Harley Legg. Good, uh, good year for the Legg family. 
Yeah, we've, we've definitely done this school year because this <laughs> sounds very familiar. <laughs> of course, Dorothy Piper, daughter of Mrs. Dorothy Piper, Route 1 Bridgeport. The cor- Coronation Dance theme for which is Into the Night will be will be uh, held after the football game. Disc jockey from Evansville. I don't remember this name. Tony Winstead is oh, going but. to is going to uh, play the subpar hits early and then rock the kids later on. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. The Red Hill Salukis did their job. They blank Albion 31 nothing, which we've talked about this this game and, and this team, but uh, a big night on the ground. Um, Doug Shank, of course, just ran roughshod over the Albion Lions. So dispatch them. And your queen, of course, do you remember? I'll ask you guys, do you remember who the queen was? Uh, it's, it, it's okay. I get when we, you asked me this question on the last podcast, I think I guessed Carrie Ann. I know it's not her. It is not. Uh, it's one of the legs. It is. Um, I don't remember which one. It's the the second one you named. Tina? Yes. Tina's Tina, the answer. Tina Leg is your homecoming <laughs> queen. So congratulations to her. And, uh, again, I, I didn't have the yearbook, so that's, uh, that's all I've got for 7980, but, uh, Good, good week because said it was very cool weather, so nice fall night, and go out and watch Red Hill kick some Albion butt. So, Gary, you got 81? Where we are, we're going to 1981. Endless Love was the song for the homecoming theme. We'll play that a little bit later on when I announce the King and Queen, but that was the also the number one song in all the land at that point. Thursday, October 1st would have been the night of the parade, and Friday, October 2nd was the day of the game and the dance this year. Of course, Carmi, we scheduled them once again for homecoming. Uh, never a good idea. Carmi was 3-0 and coming into the game, and we hadn't won quite yet. Uh, they had uh, beat Lawrenceville the week before, and, uh, and they also beat Lawrenceville in Lawrenceville's homecoming the previous week. So they got scheduled back-to-back weeks for homecoming. Never never a good sign. It seems like Red Hill was always scheduled to be a couple teams homecoming each year. Yes, they were. Early homecoming for Lawrenceville. They must have coordinated it with the um, fall festival, is my guess. Yes, I would say so. Good Last question. week, Red Hill, we played Mount Carmel and got uh, – Beat 74 to 7 Ooh. to the Golden Aces. I think this is one of those early yearbooks I remember looking at some of these football scores. It was, <laughs> it was very bad. But uh, we lost 74 to 7. Steve Potts completed 10 of 24 passes. Powerhouse. Three, Powerhouse. three picks in the game. Okay. Robert Gosnell is our leading receiver. Keep chucking it. Yep, got to keep throwing it. So uh, it's going to be a tough game tomorrow night uh, to play the Carmine Bulldogs. Uh, like we just mentioned, the varsity football players nominated the the candidates this year. And it, our candidates this year say are what date they did that by chance. I, I think it was the. I think it's just adult, like Wednesday, I believe. <laughs> nominated this year will be Natalie Abernathy. I don't have addresses or any details uh, except for just these I, girls' names. I'm so sorry. I can give you approximate on some of these, but. <laughs> so Natalie Abernathy, Abernathy is your first uh, queen candidate. Down by Wayne Perry's house somewhere. Yes. (laughs) Next, you got Susie Fox. Where'd Susie live? Oh, right there on Judy Avenue, across from the football field, right down from the pizza house. (laughs) You got Lynn Latch. It's a queen candidate. They're a roll route. We had that address earlier. I was going to say roll route one, Sumner. Daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Joe Latch. I spent a few days and evenings at this house. Uh, Connie Pimbleton. 
What? Uh, oh, yeah. Oak or Ash, uh, whatever. Yeah, one of those. I think it's Ash, I believe. Oh, yeah. So right Connie there. Pimbleton and, it's like and your you, final queen. Like, like when you're on your way Casey's. to Casey's. You're on your way to Casey's. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and your final queen candidate is uh, Lisa Skaggs. I didn't say Natalie Abernathy had a uh, John McDonald as her uh, escort. I got to say the Susie. Skaggs lived in Sumner. Yeah, they're definitely oh. a Sumner family. Susie Fox had uh, Robbie Gosnell. Lynn Latch had the aforementioned Steve Powerhouse Potts. Good job. Connie Pimbleton had Todd Skipworth. And Lisa Skaggs had none other than Tony Gaither. All right. As always, the student body will select the queen. Homecoming Parade, Thursday, October 1st, beginning at 6.30 p.m. in the pep rally with, it said in the paper, cheering and a skit by the Student Senate. Oh, a so, skit. Okay. That skit. Nothing, don't know nothing what that says was, but... laughter than a high school skit on a track. Yes. <laughs> Cinder track. The parade. Yeah. The parade theme this year was cartoon characters. And some of these, I was the pictures in the yearbook. Uh, well, I'm going to start with number four. The fourth, uh, who got fourth this year was... The Snoopy theme, shoot 'em up Salukis. Those were the freshmen had that had that theme. Oh, good job. Third were the sophomores with give 'em the runaround. Blue Second Street. place for your seniors. It's a Cookie Monster theme, knock the chips out of them. Mm-hmm. And your first place float this year were your juniors with the mighty Salukis. Okay. It was oh the mighty Salukis strike again was the name of it. I couldn't. It was a terrible float. I was sure how it won, but the others <laughs> were a lot better than that. One. This would have been that class that was would be seniors the next year that would lead Brian on the snake walk through uh, wherever the snake dance through town. Um, yeah, so I'm sure Christy Zills was involved in that float. Oh, she was very involved. Um, <laughs> is Connie and Berkeley dating at this point? So I think they gotta be. Skipworth escorts her, but the real dates Berkeley carry, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, if she, if, she, if she wins, she Skipworth's not planting a kiss on her like Cubby did. No. Uh, <laughs> not at all. I thought it was also funny that so in the yearbook that year, there was uh, Tony Gaither dominated the pictures in the three pages of the homecoming yearbook. Two pictures on pages. It's a different picture, but it's Gaither getting ready to catch a pass, which I thought was interesting to have in the yeah. uh, homecoming pictures. But Tony was all over the place. Hear more about Tony Gaither on the Chris Lyles episode if you haven't listened to that one yet. Speaking yes. of, I saw on the po- on Podbean, Tony Gaither made a comment said, "I did not say you sucked. I never said Tony Gaither said Chris Lyles. You said sucked. Tony G. I had yes. I had viewer mail that said Tony G from Bridgeport. That's all I know. Treachery is what Chris Lyles would say. And I accidentally, by the way, if you did see that, I know everybody's joking around. I didn't mean to delete that. I actually did delete that comment. I was going to hit reply, and okay. I accidentally <laughs> deleted it. So no ill will or anything. Let's go ahead and play some of the, uh, a couple songs here from you know I will. 19, October of 1981. There's some great that was looking at this countdown. My goodness, what, this what is, good this music. This is Dick Clark American Music Survey at its heyday. I'm going to go with number 16 because it was such a great song. Still is today. Still gets the people up on their feet. A little boy named Rick Springfield coming at you with Jesse's Girl. Jesse is a friend. Yeah, I know his 
and a good friend of mine. Not a great story behind this. Not a great look for Rick here. Did he find? Yes, he's got himself a girl, and I want to make her mine. And she's watching. I mean, come on, Rick. This could have been uh, Todd Skip or <laughs> I don't know. I just I'm not sure it's a great look on Rick. To be. Next song I want to play was number 13 in all the land. Hall of Notes coming at you with private eyes. I can't listen to this song without doing the little clap clap in this one part. I have to clap every time I hear it. Do it. You'll know the part when you hear it. If we get that far. Fast forward a little bit. Oh, Good were these guys? Were? Well, you know what I mean. I mean, when, yeah, it's, when they were churning out hit after so many hits. They were just at uh, Deer Creek not long ago. Here we go, Chip. <laughs> I gotta think John Oates was more important than he appeared. Yeah, I think about that. that I like. I, I honestly don't. I, I haven't researched him a lot to see how much, how highly involved he was in the writing. Um, a few John Oates songs made the charts, but they never did well on the charts. The songs he sang. Rhino and Friends Show topic. How yes. important was John Oates? <laughs> because let's I get mean, to the let's get to the game. It's uh, we're gonna go past this one quick. The uh, headline and the deadly why. record. What's that? I said, I wonder why we're going quick. Yeah, Carmi, it was, this was the headline in the Daily Record. Carmi Zonks Salukis. Carmi Zonks Salukis, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I should, should have picked who the writer was. Lost 72 to 6 oh. in this one. Oh, man. Back to back games, giving up 70. I'm pretty sure that year in Fairfield, they gave up 72 in the game. Over 70, I think. I figured this team game. would be better if you look at those names on this roster. I'm kidding. Potts, Gaither, Skipworth. Carmi rolls well, into town and gives the Salukis the business, see? <laughs> the game started off wonderfully. Uh, had a 13-yard touchdown pass from Potts to Gaither to tie the score at six. Oh, man. Then Things Car- are looking good. Carmi runs off 66 straight to at that point, bolt it away. The Red Hill crowd has to be feeling fantastic. Oh yeah, sure. Powerhouse goes seven to seventeen with four picks and seventy-three yards. Red Hill rushed for a whopping sixty-two yards, outgained five hundred and forty-four yards to one hundred and eight. Carmi quarterback Steve Nelson accounted for seven touchdowns in the game, two rushing and five passing. Coach Huff noted that we were without Todd Skipworth on the line. He had a blood clot in his leg. Oh man, so. Poor guy. So, he didn't have such a good one. I wonder if he was able to dance that night. We'll see. We're going to get on now with the dance. Music provided by a DJ from WVJC. Ooh, I like that. Came yeah. up to start the music at probably approximately 9 o'clock. We had the 1030 coronation. I think we had a 1015, what, last year or two years ago? Yeah, well, the year I had was 1015. They How- knew they were going to get that. <laughs> yeah, you're never hitting that time. Hal T. Ward reported that as WVJC. 
<laughs> that was bad. I'm going to get to my next to last song here before we get any further yeah, into good. this dance, but this is one of my favorite songs. I, like I think I'm uh, two one of the most iconic voices, I think, in all of rock music. I agree. Stop, stop dragging my heart around. Tom Petty, Stevie Nicks. I love that record. Need to put this on the late night playlist. It's kind of got that feel. The first woman to be inducted into the Hall of Fame twice as a member of Fleetwood okay. Mac and on her own. Good stat. I love when Petty comes in here. When he comes in. What was the one she did with, uh, they went back to back. Um, Leather and Lace? Yes, I love Don Henley. Don Henley. What a career. Yes. For both of them. Are we on Henley? Or Petty. <laughs> All three of them, I guess. I, I was not including Henley, but yeah, Henley had the, the maybe the biggest career of all. <laughs> all right, it's 10.30 p.m., guys. It's time to crown. The queen, the crown bearer for this year was Tanner Martin. Okay. Okay. Son of Dude and... Randy. Randy uh, Martin. Flower Girl this year was Devin Deree. Now Devin Oh, uh, that's who that was. I was trying to figure out who the Flower Girl was. I couldn't. I was looking at the picture. I could not figure out who it was. And Gary said I'd have to wait for the podcast to find out. And because sometimes on those archives, it just looks like a big blob of ink. Yes. <laughs> After the football players nominated the five young ladies, we have the student body voting. And the queen of the 1981 homecoming dance, escorted by powerhouse Potts, Miss Lynn Latch, everybody. Great picture in the paper of Steve Potts laying a big kiss on Lynn. Heavy <laughs> Wagner style. On the lips or on the cheek? Every, everywhere. I was already. No, it was, it was straight on the mouth of the like okay. I guess that's what you did back then. <laughs> yeah, time. Latch lives in Rochester now. Her daughter was a great guard oh, wow. on the some Rochester teams about ten or twelve years ago. Oh wow! Because I was friends with the Rochester assistant. He'd always um, like well, I coached junior high basketball, so I coached against those teams every year. And he would say, you know, that we have like a Red Hill mom on like this one. One of the moms from our team is from Red Hill because he knew I was Red Hill. But I never could get the nerve to go up and say I don't know Lynn Latch at all. But you know, there's not many of us Lawrence County people up in the Springfield area. So, but. Well, I sure. never did go say hello to Lynn Latch as many times as I saw her at those basketball games. I'm sure Lynn yeah. is an avid listener of this podcast. So <laughs> come over and say hi to Chip sometime. And of course, let's play the homecoming theme. As uh, Steve and Lynn went out to take a slow dance, let's play some endless love. Tell you how much I love this song. You know I don't mind. Oh, you know I don't mind. 
Yeah, I don't Someone had this. It was, it was number one in the country at this time. It's, it's number one homecoming on the theme. Number one in my heart. What a time to be at Red Hill. What a time to be powerhouse pups. No kidding. <laughs> so this was 1980, right? One. Okay, so it's 1981. So I'm in the sixth. It's your birthday, actually, because Gary said the it was just yes, October. Right. So my guess is you you've got a couple friends at the game with you. They're gonna go back and spend the night with you after the game. So eighty one, you would have been like def- five, seventh grade. Yeah, definitely high. Well, that's what I was trying to think. What grade was I in? Because yeah, okay, so I would have been. I was thinking a year earlier because I associate this song with Annie Paul. So that's why. Yeah. There you go. Okay. My first kiss with Annie Pauly, my first real kiss, was in that little closet by the payphone. Um, like <laughs> when you're walking from the gym up to the office at the high school. Okay. During one I know the payphone. I don't know about, I don't think I've ever been in that closet. Oh, yeah. Well, I have. Was <laughs> <laughs> it like a utility, like brooms and yeah, stuff like in there? and shit like that. <laughs> I'm say, I know the payphone. I can't think of the closet either. It was like if you're... If you're dialing, if you're yes. just to, like literally right there to your left. <laughs> and it was at Gary's junior high, uh, one of the, not junior high, junior pro basketball games on a Saturday morning. And Annie had stayed all night with the effort, well, not her sister, but with Laura Abernathy. Okay. And so they came to the game and it was, it was all set up. The big kiss was happening that day. And it did. It was it right around the same time, like, I guess it would been like the winter after winter, this song was yeah. popular. Yeah. Okay. After I and it's been like eight or nine weeks at number one, so it went into the winter as a number one song. It was still being played at my house, I'll guarantee yeah. you that. <laughs> That's going to conclude the 1981 homecoming. Well, I think it was, it was a successful homecoming. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap us up with 1982. I'll kind of follow the same format I did on the 79. So this is our final year that we'll we'll cover tonight. If you want 83 to 92, just go back in the archives and listen to that episode. Yep. So we are back to playing Edwards County. It's going to be an October 8th ball game. Thank goodness. 7.30 kickoff. And, of course, we will start with the floats. Yes. And um, – once again, I'm getting that vibe, that early October vibe, the, the cool, crisp weather, the excitement around the, the parade. And um, once, and so I'm going to start off with a song because I'm sure that a lot were listening to to kind of get in the mood. They had, they had seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High where the song is prominently played in the movie. And it's honestly one of my all-time favorite songs. It absolutely Love is it. one of Love the it. greatest Love songs it. ever. And it's um, Jackson Brown, Somebody's Baby, number eight this week on the charts. Stacy's going out with the stereo salesman guy. Yes. Plays as he's in his Camaro driving down the... Yep. She's got to be somebody's I'm sure that's kind of the feeling around the homecoming time. This, she's got to be somebody's baby. You're kind of looking at some of these other... Um, the, you know, people that you wish you could ask to the dance or would ask you to the dance. And um, for, for all you youngsters yeah. out there, just ask. Yeah. She, she might not be somebody's baby. She's got to be somebody's baby. Great part. She's right here. So fine. 
Jackson Brown's so good. The, for anybody that hasn't heard it because it's a little older, but um, The Pretender by Jackson Brown is one of my all-time favorite songs. I think there's nothing that talks about the just regular working men than that song. Yeah, I saw I, – I, 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 sure, I've heard it, but I don't know. I know you – I saw you tweeted about it one night. Somebody was asking about the great – I think it might have been Super 70 Sports that tweeted it. Some about the greatest lyrics of any song ever, and you jumped in with uh, with you, that as your choice. Are you there? Say a prayer for the pretender. He started oh, out yeah, so young <laughs> and strong, only to surrender. Oh, I know that Great. song, yes. Um, so let's go ahead and... Um, the uh, Featured in the parade, they're, I'm sure they're each in uh, a separate convertible, will be our homecoming court for 1982 so i do not have addresses on these but we'll go through and um our first queen candidate is um maria price she's the daughter of mr and mrs wesley price and um where the price just trivia are the prices sumner bridgeport Ch- chancic what's their lawrenceville what's their address the prices this would be jordy's family and ray's family and carl's family let's see Gary, got, Gosh, I can't. Sumner, I got a feeling. I, I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know for sure. I, they're from Bridgeport. I think rural, but I think they're they're from Bridgeport. So they're, um, I would think they're a rural family. So the so Maria Price is one of our candidates. She's going to be escorted by Deb Parrott. Um, and just seeing Deb Parrott's name on here and knowing he's part of the football team, I know we've have talked about this school year also because I can just hear David King. Uh, discussing this game that night so um so maria price our next candidate is shelly potts um daughter of mr mr and mrs robert pinnock and um and of uh, mr and mrs gary potts who live out in ohio or they could live in ohio illinois i guess but uh shelly grew up in sumner our next candidate is and then she- sorry about that shelly potts is escorted by mike blackwell did Shelly Potts get the powerhouse nickname? No, okay. she didn't. Only one person can have that nickname. Okay, just checking. Our, our next candidate and her sister has been, and we, we've seen some siblings uh, in this as we've gone through the years, but uh, Darcy Dillard, and we know they live on Church Street. Yes, we do. Is um, uh, daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Roy Dillard of uh, Bridgeport will be uh, the next queen candidate. She's escorted by... Uh, Ray Pink. The next candidate is Sherry Adamson and daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Leland Adamson of Sumner, of course. And we, you know her better as Sherry's Willing. As David King has reported, recently retired from um, from the school district. He would always mention that. I think he mentioned on the Chris Lyles episode that, or off the air, he mentioned that Chris Lyles is the last teacher remaining from when he was a student there since uh, Zwilling retired. I'm sure Gary could, the same could be said for Gary as well. And then our uh, final candidate, and I, well, Sherry's escort is Steve Schaffstahl. And some of the, and then our next candidate is, and final candidate is Tana Brummett. I said the Brummets would return. And Brian mentioned Tana earlier. Yes, uh, I did. Of course, uh, I think it was uh, eight, 376 Gray Street or something like that in Bridgeport. Where, um, uh, where uh, class of 87 member Kevin Tucker lives now. She lived, oh, oh, where he lives now. Okay, I was thinking, yeah. I was thinking Brandon's old house. Yeah, okay, no, no. where Kevin used to live. Okay, yes, where he lives now. So that's where the Brahmins lived. Okay. Yep. Um, 
All right. So, and uh, Mr. and Mrs. Labor, I mean, it's 378 Gray Street, and Tana will be escorted by Scott Mills. So those are your candidates, and we'll get to the winners later on. The uh, rounding out the court this year, Carrie Cummins will be the flower girl, oh, and wow. Ryan Waldrop, the crown bearer. Pickles. Okay. I actually have a couple of movies. I, I didn't mention them in the last one, but here uh, some movies playing Chariots of Fire. I uh, was playing at the Plaza as well as the Pirate movie. What about is, so there, any, were, is there any porn being played? <laughs> yeah, I did not. Yeah, I think it, they're phasing that out now. So I think that year he mentioned was like the very end of because I know I was going to movies there like just the winter after you were mentioning uh, that. Um, all right, so I guess we've gone over the the well. We I never did go over the. I said I was going over the floats and never did. I got into somebody's baby and said the floats are coming and I never did get to that. So. Following all the convertibles in the parade will be the class floats. So our fourth place float that year was the class of 84, which would be the sophomores. And our theme is perfect. David King would like this theme down on the farm. So our uh, fourth place float was Shiram Salukis. Um, our third place float from the class of 85, the junior class that year, was combine for victory or combine for victory i like it um so i assume we're gonna cut you know offense defense special teams we're gonna bring it all together to go get a victory over the lions tonight uh second place the class of 86 um which would be the freshman that year and the victory garden garden was the um in case you guys aren't catching on these, I'll yeah, help you out with, no, the, with the puns here or the audience out there. And then our winners, uh, they're going out with a bang, the class of 83. Uh, the senior class wins it this year with um, utter defeat is in the bag. Now, how are you spelling utter? That's what I want to know. U-D-D-E-R. So, of course. Um, yes, utter defeat is in the bag. So that's the down on the farm theme. Gotcha. And so I believe that will um, take us in to the football game. Now, if you heard some of these names like Shostall, Parrot, you know that this is we have a new head coach at Red Hill this year. That's right. This will be Bill Evans's first time experiencing Red Hill homecoming. He's bringing his 0-4 squad into Edwards County. So he's still looking for that first win as the Red Hill head coach. And I will tell you, since we've talked about this game a couple times, um, Red Hill did lose this game to move to 0-5 in the season. It was a close one. Uh, Edwards County uh, won 20-8. They jumped out to a 20-0 lead, um, or I, I, maybe by halftime. Um and then Red Hill, you know, defense stepped up in the second half and they had a late touchdown. A few stats from the game were um, Deb Parrott rushed 22 times for 136 yards. Wow. And he did get that lone touchdown for us. Um, Ray Pank 44. was. What was that? I think he's number 44, if I remember. I think he may have been. There was a picture of him. I don't have that with me, but I think he may have been. Uh, Ray Pank uh, was. Seven for 27 for 36 yards passing. He did pass that two point conversion to young uh, sophomore Pat Seed um, to bring us to eight points there late in the game. Um, Pat Seed did catch three balls for 20 yards. And then the defensive standout was because uh, it was a good defensive game. Um, I mean, 20 points. I mean, 
Offense just got to put more points on the board. Uh, Shoffstall, five solos and six assists. So he was all over the place that night. Um, so a rare Edwards County homecoming loss, but Coach Evans is uh, building uh, first year, and it's going to turn around really quick oh, yeah. uh, next year uh, when they have a winning record. So um, I guess the um, – and I – I didn't go through this before, but I have to think the uh, a song that may have been if they were playing songs in the locker room back then. But if I'm getting fired up for an Edwards County game, I'm playing a song that just fell out of the number one spot. It's been a huge hit all summer long. Um, I'm playing Eye of the Tiger to get me pumped up oh, for yeah. the game. just see this song hits a young bill evans walks into the locker room oh yes <laughs> i am feeling this now you had to think there's no way we're gonna lose tonight there's no i team and there shouldn't be <laughs> deb parrot <laughs> we're gonna hand you the ball and you're gonna run over him <laughs> And he did 136 yards run. They gave it to him 22 times that, that night. Workhorse. Shoffstall, I've heard stories about how you start for the Lions in Little League. You're going to do it again. <laughs> All right. So let's go. Uh, and I'm sure that song was played at the dance that night. And I'm sure another song played at the dance. And, you know, it's October. It's October 8th. And I think Brian always associates this song with his birthday I do. in 1982. So the number one song in all the land, um, he's got a lot of huge hits, but I think this is his signature song or the song he's most well known for. Uh, I'm not sure which, what he was going by at that time, but I'm going to say John Cougar Mellencamp, Jack and Diane, number one. I think he was John Cougar at this point. Little ditty about Jack and Diane, two American kids growing up in the hall. My memory is um, it was a fall afternoon. I know it was a Friday. It was like a football game night. And I was on the swings after school, just waiting for my dad to get done with school to drive home that night. And um, somebody came by blasting this song on the radio. My, it, it was a, definitely a fall night. And it was a Friday night. I'm, it could have been October 8th, oh, 1982, wow. at the exact awesome. same night. Very well, because I know it's football night. So. But yeah, that's, every time I hear it, I go back to the, that playground. We need to write a Red Hill parody of this song, Berkeley and Connie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's your next task there. Yes. All right. So I think we'll get to the part that everybody's been tuning in for to see who won the queen. So it is a Friday night dance still, as it's going to be for the next several years. We don't move to Saturday dances for a while. This this queen winners, this is information you can only get right here on the Old School Red Hill podcast. Yes. So how many of you out there know this? So uh, the listeners out there, make your guesses now. I want to get your candidates are Maria Price, Shelly Potts, Darcy Dillard, Sherry Adamson, and Tana Brummett. Um, do you guys, if you guys don't know the winner, do you have any predictions to make here? I, I, I think I know. Do you know? And it's Gary? okay if you say I think I know and get and I, you get it right. This, I, I think it's Maria Price. Okay, Gary, did you have a guess? Uh, here? I'm gonna go with Tana Brummett. I'm not confident, but yeah, Brian definitely remembers the um, the episode that we did on this on this uh, homecoming or on this uh, school year. 
It is Maria Price. She is your winner, and she was escorted after that huge performance. Deb Parrott then went into the the big gym and escorted her as um, the homecoming, uh, as Maria Price, homecoming queen, 1982. And yes, this was, um, and it, one thing that I know Brian wasn't a surprise by this because I think he experienced homecoming dances in the big gym. Uh, the main, but Gary and I never, it was always the, you know, the girls gym is where we had all of our homecoming yeah. dances. So I, I, I to, and Brian, and that's like news, like Brian had oh, no yeah. idea it was ever. <laughs> I thought it was strictly the big gym. No, never had one there. So, um, and the only thing I didn't mention, that, so we'll close out with one song. It and had, it was, it had to seem less empty for all the kids dancing while the football game was going up. <laughs> that's true. That may have been one of the reasons to move it to the smaller <laughs> environment. Um, uh, WRBT is going to come up and, um, uh, play the um from mount carmel 94.9 is going to be playing the uh be our dj for the dance not sure which dj came up from rbt may have been scott a young scott allen i'm sure he's broadcasting mount carmel football that night so he probably didn't do that but um or the mount carmel would oh, they, they may have been playing on saturday <laughs> he may be able to, <laughs> to do this um so a lot of people know this the theme is the theme from ice castles um, which I've never seen the movie Ice Castles, but I assume it's a movie. Um, it's Melissa Manchester came up as the theme song this year, and it's Through the Eyes of Love. I listened to this song earlier. This is a horrendous song. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. <laughs> I mean, this is awful. <laughs> I, I think Mr. Clymer liked this song because I'm sure at least one chorus at Red Hill, maybe when I was in school, I know I remember like seeing like their list of songs or telling me what song uh, they were playing and like, oh, that's the theme from Ice Castle. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I, like I was supposed to know it, but yeah, that's um, that's what I always associate Ice Castles with is Red Hill Chorus. Well, this is... <laughs> so you've got your court all dancing to the song. You've got Deb and Maria. You got Shelly and Mike Blackwell, uh, Darcy and um, Ray Pink, uh, Steve Schofstall and Sherry Adamson, and of course, Tana Brummett and Scott Mills dancing to this song. Yeah, I listen, I like near, I like almost every song we play on this podcast. This was bad. <laughs> 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 Scott yeah Allen. they didn't go with a big hit as, I mean I'm not sure how it did on the charts but it's not one of our bigger hits that we've chosen for a theme as I've said before they all can't be winners <laughs> alright and, and that's all I have guys we, we did 10 years on this last time we cut it down to 5 which I think is a good it's a little better because we went about an hour and a half it looks like yeah. and uh, we would be going 3 plus if we were in a 10 year episode so maybe next year we'll hit 74 to um or 73 to 77 next year. That sounds good. And don't forget this and every Red Hill, old school Red Hill podcast is brought to you by People's State Bank, Tyler Griffin's Pizza House, Andrew's Insurance Agency, and of course, let the Gray family cook for your family today at Gray's Restaurant. That was fun, guys, taking a little trip through those cool, crisp fall evenings and Red Hill homecoming. Um, one of my favorite time of year, and I think it is your guys' as well. Yep. Yes, definitely. 
And just one update for those still listening, David King, um, I thought he was just going to go down to North City and do a repair. <laughs> that is, he actually bought a new uh, bean platform. I won't go into the price of it or anything, but uh, he did buy a new bean platform down in North City tonight. So even we missed Dave being on the show, but it was a successful night for King Farms. Or I, well, I mean, yeah. having to purchase a new implement, I guess, is an unsuccessful night. Does anybody know what a bean platform is? <laughs> No, but I'm going to look it up. I here think it was, it was a good night for the bean platform sales. <laughs> yeah. <man>. Yes. <laughs> Much better night for him than it was young David King. All right. Well, that will wrap us up. Good time. We'll be back in probably two weeks with, a, with another riveting uh, episode of the Old School Red Hill Podcast. But until then, let's see what we talked about tonight. We talked about Brian Fuller and his amazing – listen, the only guy that had a better day <laughs> was the bean platform salesman than when Brian Fuller sold a washer and dryer to Chip. Yes, I, I was going to mention the Fullers, too. Their move from Adams Street to Judy Avenue. Sad day for me. I lost a great next-door neighbor, but uh, bigger house there on Judy Avenue. We talked about Wendy Hill. Yes. We Cut. talked about the Edwards County Lions. A lot. Yes. We talked about after the Edwards County Lions, Cubby Wagner laying big smooches on Queens. Talked about closets by the payphone. Yeah, that might have been the best like information I got tonight, uh, or most you know the thing that I, most useful new information. We talked about. Yeah, but they didn't. They didn't come out on our episode. We were talking about like the nooks and crannies oh, of Red High School. I think. I, <laughs> see, I, when I started to tell the story, I was thinking maybe I had already told it in that episode, but. Uh, evidently, I did, because um, I know it entered my mind. Uh, we talked about speaking of me and kissing in a booth. That is exactly what I dreamed of with Tana Brummett many nights in my childhood. It never happened. We talked about uh, locations where Wayne Perry lived in Bridgeport. Right near the Abernathy's, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. <laughs> talked about 940 Judy Avenue. Talked about many addresses. Which that, that house fun. is like great. A great place to see the parade for when it starts. A great place right next to... Uh, yeah, we found 940 Judy Avenue. You can It's on the Google Street Search there. So, um, great parade location. We House was built in 1900, guys. Was it really? <laughs> yes. Wow. We discussed um, Boston and them not wanting hits. They just wanted to play yes. their music. <laughs> we talked about Powerhouse Pots. And Shelly, not Powerhouse Potts. I wonder if Steve Potts did the kiss. I wonder if that was an homage to his one of his heroes, Cubby Wagner. He's like, I saw Cubby do this. If, I, if I'm the homecoming escort winner, I'm doing the same thing. He waited all those years to plant that kiss on, uh, on his Steve, if, Steve, if you're listening, get back to us on this. Were you dating Lynn Latch at the time, Steve? It looked like it. We talked a lot about <laughs> Berkeley and Connie. I want to do a Berkeley and Chuck episode sometime. I mean, Brian, you live right down the road from Chuck. He could come into the studios overlooking the 18th Green Country Oaks. That's true. <laughs> what else did we talk about? Uh, Jackson Brown and The Pretender. If you don't know that song, look it up and listen to it. It's awesome. Uh, the last thing I've got on my notes here, we talked about Deb Parrott, old number 44, and he escorted Queen Maria Price. 
And we talked about Terry McAdow putting chicken wire in the, or putting a paper in the chicken wire at the, wherever they were building the float, the class of 80. I'm not sure where they built it at. That was his junior year? Right? His junior year, yes. So he he did not have, play basketball that year. May have been clean shaven at that point. Yeah. Okay, that's going to do it for Chip Jamerson, my dear friend, my brother and best friend in the entire world, Gary Emmons, and our absent farmer, David King, out there taking care of business. This is the Old School Red Hill Podcast. <laughs>